Jeez, the market's beginning to cool. Is anything actually going to sell? So this is all about Fife, the Fife property market and understanding that. And I know you're laughing. <laughs> my, my title, I've changed my title. Yeah. The self-proclaimed estate agency guru. Yes, I am laughing at the estate agency guru part. Self-proclaimed and self-promoted all of a sudden. <laughs> Absolutely, self-promoted. Hey, if it's good enough for Michael Jackson to say the king of pop, it's good enough for me to say estate <laughs> guru. <laughs> Quite right. <laughs> So I'm now a Lettings right? guru, which is what I've got before Lettings guru, and now an estate agency guru. I'll just take that title, thanks. Take it, claim it. Anyway, let's talk about this. You know, understanding the Fife property market itself, the hidden perils of overpricing your home, and the Fife's actual cooling market. Let's be honest, Perry, the market's cooling, isn't it? I think it is, and I think in an age of sound bites and sensationalism, as we always see on the, the headlines, um, particularly here in Fife, you, you can walk around the streets, Jim, and everybody we go to see, they say, oh, nothing's shifting, is it? And, you know, you get this, there's a bit of a doom and gloom out there, and is that factual, yeah. is it not? That's some of the things we're going to talk about. Mm -hmm. But it always sometimes finds itself misconstrued um, by the general narrative, doesn't it? And so it'll be interesting to see how we're going to talk about that and what it's going to unfold like and listen to what the guru has to say. Well, I can't ignore the fact that the, the challenge is the increase in mortgage rates and the shift in buyer preferences. And, and, and it's vital to appreciate the broader context here mm -hmm. to understand what's actually happening in the Fife property landscape. I mean, the UK housing market, when, when you look at it, it's currently a crossroads. That's, we know that's happening because people mm -hmm. are going, oh, it's dropping in value down in the south of England, but whoa, Scotland's still maintaining their value and mm -hmm. it's still being okay. So there's a there's a we're coming to a crossroads now, and it's it's characterized by by its lowest house price growth since 2012. Uh, high mortgage rates are clearly making a significant dent in market activity, mm -hmm. affecting everything from buyer demand to the volume of property sales. Now, five properties are actually uh, still selling, but not at the rate of the level they were in 2021. Therefore, correctly pricing, and I'm going to, you need to listen to this, everybody out there. Therefore, correctly pricing your property for sale cannot be underestimated. Now, let me explain why. Then, the reasons behind the current state of play nationally and finally, the exact story of what's happening now and in the future in Fife. Mm -hmm. What's the importance then, Perry, of correctly setting an hour and asking price for your Fife home? Why is it so important? It's vital, actually, because if you put your property on the market and the price that you're asking is too high, mm -hmm. and you've not been able to evidence why it is at the price that you've priced it, it can significantly deter potential buyers. And I think that's the key thing that people need to appreciate. You may well have in your head, Jimmy, a certain number that you think, well, I know that this is the number that I want. 
But actually, the number really depends on what the market tells you that number is, doesn't it, to a degree? Well, they said that to me the other day. And I, and I said, you know, you know, so that is your magic number. It says, yeah, definitely. I says, what happens if somebody comes in 10,000 below that? Oh, I'm not going to sell. Well, well, wait a minute. This is a quality life decision. <laughs> You're telling me if it's 10,000 below. Now, this house was at 400,000. If it's 10,000 below, for example... Yeah. You're going to make a decision to stay in the house that you can't really navigate in, in the next 18 to eighteen months to two years. You're going to stay there all because of £10,000. And mm -hmm. it's your it's literally your next house is your last house. And this will be your last house then if that is the case, if you're going to stay here. All for that. Because mm -hmm. I have to, I, I'm now getting to the point of actually managing people's expectations. Because mm -hmm. we've still got a wee... A wee minority, a small minority out there, I think you know, oh, my house is going to go very well, and it's going to go very quick, and it's going to, and it's going to go ten percent or twenty percent over the over the home report value. And I'm like, I never gave you that message. <laughs> <laughs> I've never said that at any point in time in our conversations. And when I came out to see you to list this property, I never said that either. Where have you heard that story? Mm -hmm. And I still think it's to do with their friends round about them. My house is going to sell quick. It's, oh, you're going to get a lot of money for that. Oh, there's a lot of people interested in this. Mm -hmm. it's like, listen, we will get one or two, few and far between now, that mm -hmm. are really going to go for a lot more. Drillside, probably a classic example of that. Uh, great price point. Most people can afford that. Great for downsizers. Great for upsizers. Great for families as well. So it appeals to a huge market, a brilliant price point. That is boxes. a bit more, yeah. But if you've got houses at 400,000, it only appeal maybe because they're an apartment or or they're maybe um, on two levels um, and and they don't appeal to a wide audience, then you're you're pretty limited in what you can get. Mm -hmm. And and you've got to you've got to just come right down to reality at this point in time that the market is definitely cooling. Mm -hmm. No doubt about it. Mm -hmm. Inflation, base rates up. You know, I looked at my mortgage the other day. My mortgage in the space of, oh, I think since January has gone up from about oh, a couple of hundred quid to about seven hundred pound. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's a another difference. Thing. Isn't it? My utility bills has gone up from two fifty to five hundred. There's another, <laughs> another, another whack, and it's like, wait a minute. I'm now spending £10,000 more out of my own pocket every year to just have the same lifestyle as I had before. To stay as was. How's that sustainable for anybody? It's not. It's, it's not. That's for me, though. <laughs> you're, you're in a, a, a good position, I, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you are. Um, and, you know, multiple people do struggle with this kind of decision-making. But actually, what you've just summarised there is a really good point about the whole, I'm not selling it if I don't get that extra 10000 Yeah. Actually, it's going to cost you more than that if you wait anyway. So you may as well do it now. And I think that's the reality of it. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a really good point. Because if there's a... There's a, if there's a, if there's a, 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 a group of people out there are the minority the majority opinion that prices are actually going to drop in the next year mm -hmm. um, which they are down south anyway and it's going to it's going to get into scotland therefore if you have a five percent drop at four hundred thousand five percent four hundred thousand twenty grand so if you're taking a hit for ten thousand now and you're getting out with your shirt on your back you're still getting ten grand up from where it's predicted going to be exactly i think that's really important but when you ask the question about why is it important to correctly set the price 
it's exactly for that reason. You want to make sure that you are not deterring viewers. You want to get potential buyers through your door. You know, if they immediately look at it and are discounted because it's wrongly priced and perhaps there's things in the neighbourhood or maybe yours is a bit of unique, um, but it yeah. definitely is dependent on getting that right number because that's what well, will encourage people. They've now got a budget in mind, haven't they? Because in January, you were able to borrow, somebody on an average wage was able to borrow probably 200,000 because the monthly payments were maybe £600 a month. But £600 a month now can only get you 150000 on a mortgage. Mm -hmm. So it's a, they've got a lot less buying power now. Therefore, higher-end properties have to be more realistic about where they pitch their, their prices. Yeah. yeah. And if people are looking for cash buyers, and cash buyers are still out there, but they're not out there in their droves, and they will take time to come along. And it's, it's about the patient game as well, though, Jim, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And especially at this point in time, then, if, if newer properties are coming on, you've been sitting on the market for quite a while and and you're still sitting at your original price point. Uh, and if your property, your property is immediately priced above probably everybody else's coming on in mm -hmm. comparable homes in the area. Mm -hmm. And it, it's likely to be filtered out by in the search results as mm -hmm. well and actually going noticed completely. Yeah. And that's the key thing. And even if that property does get some intention, the inflated price can send a message that you're not serious about selling and that can put potential buyers off. It can also tell a potential buyer that you're unwilling to negotiate. You've, you're fixed on something. And actually, so then there's no business discussion to take place, which some people like to do. Um, it can result in your property, as you say, sitting on the market a little bit longer than it needs to. Um, which could necessitate future price reductions. Price reductions, that's the point. Eh? The yep. longer you wait, the more opportunity is that I'll actually have to price reduce even more. Mm -hmm. Now, personally, in my mind, I know it's price reduced, but it's usually, I usually classify it as a price realignment. In other words, the entry point, because sometimes you'll get people, well, more than often, actually, when you realign to a different value at the lower value, you open it to a newer audience. But when the newer mm -hmm. audience get in the door, they actually go, oh, this is actually quite good. It's a lot better than what I actually thought. And then they see mm -hmm. the home report at a higher value. They go, all right, my bank will be open to mortgaging that more. So therefore, I'll be able to afford more as well. So therefore, I'll probably pay back. I'll probably pay the price you were wanting in the first place. Yeah, but absolutely. there's the home report value more than likely or just a wee bit over mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. you know that typically that typically does happen doesn't it mm -hmm. it does um, and it's really important to understand that i think over time as well a stable listing may become stigmatized doesn't it because then people yeah. that are potentially looking to buy who see the property has been on for some time or considerable time and then they see price realignment sometimes they can then go hang on is there something wrong <laughs> and what is it and that can be a very negative thing and is it it's not just necessarily then becoming a point of being priced beyond the point. It then becomes, actually, I'm out anyway because it's sat there mm. too long or something wrong. It's an Do objection I've heard before. It's an objection heard before. And and, mm. and it's a fine line. It's a fine line between the two of them. But, but what am I about to say? Yes, if your property is on the market for quite a while and nothing changes about it at all, it can look a bit stale. However, I still come back to saying, if... 15 to 20 people every single day in Fife are making the decision to buy and sell a house. Then every day it passes, there's a new number of people coming into the market and they'll possibly just see your property for the first time. Mm -hmm. I think then that comes down to the state agent's frame of mind when the buyer inquires, because I've had it before where a buyer inquires and they say to me immediately, I've been in the market for quite a while, is there something wrong with it? And I'm back there with an answer straight away. 
And the reason a bat would answer straight away is to stop any negative in their mind spreading and the fact that they think that they're going to get it cheaper. And mm-hmm. my answer to that is usually, well, the buyer's just not in the market at this point in time to suit the seller's circumstances about what they wanted. Um, it had nothing to do with price. It had everything to do with the person that would agree to their entry date, the person that would agree to other things as well. So what's your situation if that's the case? Mm-hmm. And then I would turn it round straight away mm-hmm. and put it back on them and go, right, okay, now I'm on the front foot here mm-hmm. and I'm negotiating with you and getting you into a position where mm-hmm. you could potentially offer on this. So, yeah. yes, there's both sides of that, but I think it really takes a skilled estate agent, skilled estate agent a guru. <laughs> <laughs> hey, somebody's written on the screen. It must be true. <laughs> Some broad letters. <laughs> Um, so that, that's the thing about the price, you're right, but take the price out of the case. What do you think is happening in regards to the impact that mortgage rates have had, Jim? I mean, this is your bag because of your properties and everything as well that you have. Yeah. Where do you think that's sitting? Well, high, higher mortgage rates are definitely putting the strain on the housing market. The latest data actually shows a significant uh, fall in demand from buyers. Um, that's through Zoopla, that's through Mike Move, that's where everywhere. And about mm-hmm. a third less than the average during the same period um, over the last five years, actually, from 2020, 2018 to 2022. So mm-hmm. it's a third less than the average over the last five years. It's mm-hmm. less in terms mm-hmm. of buyer demand. And, and while, there's greater, there, while there's a greater number of homes as well available for sale now compared to mm-hmm. the previous two years, uh, fewer homes are actually selling for that reason. Mm-hmm. I mean, let's look at it nationally, okay? Nationally, this year, the number of properties sold, subject to concluded missives, has been 750,113. Now, that's to the end of August. Mm -hmm. That's national. (laughs) The same sales figures to the end of August 2022 was 903,799. That's a 17% decrease in the number of sales. Mm-hmm. at the same period as it was last year to this year. And to the end of August 2021, it was, drum roll, 1, 20,439. That's a 26.5% decrease mm-hmm. as it was from 2021 to 2023. Now, people could start panicking. Uh, but as you'd expect, mortgage-backed sales are particularly hard-hitting this, in this process, except, mm-hmm. except expected to be just over a quarter lower than last year. So mortgage-backed sales, quarter lower than last year are expected to be. Car sales are expected to be less affected, but their mm-hmm. overall market activity um, je- <laughs> definitely remains sluggish. Mm-hmm. Oh, I would agree with that. And, and I not only that, I think it's what we're saying then sales we're even seeing that with what's coming to market jim aren't we if you yeah. look at who we were at this point at january say there was roughly about 550 properties coming to market each week and that was mm-hmm. still a, a popular place to be in regards to buyer demand yeah I look at Zoopla before we've come online and properties available in five just now are 924. oh wow okay well that's still not as much as it was pre-pandemic though in mm-hmm. terms of the number of supply it was so it kind of, it kind of, um, it kind of then puts me in the frame of mind that 
the lack of supply is still in comparison to what it is in 2019 overall at this point in time on the market is kind of bolstering the fake property market just now in terms of, in terms of maintaining, um, I would say, maintaining price point. Yeah. Hence the reason why we've got this regional disparity. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's what it is. So the regional mm-hmm. disparity between the south of England, northeast of England and all the rest of it. Do you, do you, do you want to talk about that? You know, yeah, I mean, you... it's quite, it is quite interesting when you look at it because generally when you switch the news on, what you see is just this, the one strap line, isn't it? Yeah. House prices are dropping. They don't generally go into the regional. So I think for our viewers and for people watching this on repeat, it's good for them to understand it um, because actually we're faring not too badly in this. <laughs> so yeah. if we compare to, if we look at the east of England, for instance, which is always generally the hardest hit, east and, not, and south England are kind of hardest hit. East of England, they have gone down by 4.85%. Mm-hmm. in the last 12 months and um, so their sales for completions in the northeast it's 3.71 yep. less southeast they have gone down by 2.99 percent so nearly three percent mm-hmm. wales is at minus two percent east midlands 1.75 minus mm-hmm. yorkshire and the humber is minus 0.85 so just under one percent less yep. um, west midlands is 0.62 percent less um mm-hmm. northwest is 0.54 Outer London is 0.44, inner London 0.13, southwest is a plus, that's improved, so that's actually increased by 2.85%. And drumroll, <laughs> Scotland has improved by 3.88%, so nearly 4%. That doesn't surprise me though. And the reason that that doesn't surprise me is because the average salary in Scotland compared to the average salary in England and in the UK, for example, is almost similar. Mm-hmm. But the average price of a property in Scotland is more affordable in Scotland than it is of the rest of the UK overall. Yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, the affordability matrix is completely different now. What I'm surprised about is London, inner London particularly, not being as much of a drop. But I yeah. think inner London's got a lot to do with overseas purchasers sustaining that market and keeping that going with their cash injections um, from, let's be honest, their shell overseas companies buying the property for them. Um, so we don't know who's actually bought these properties, so therefore the capital gains can be hidden. <laughs> but that's oh, another, that's a bit that's cynical, another, yes. That's another story. I've just been reading <laughs> Yeah, all, all, everything that goes on. So in the, it's interesting, because I actually thought it was going to be from London and then it was going to quite gradually creep up come up um, the country to, uh, to middle england and then it would level out and then it would go to plus when it goes mm-hmm. up into scotland but mm-hmm. actually london has actually shown me a different thing but i definitely think it's a lot to do with that so in the east of england as a region for example house prices have fallen just under five percent over the last year conversely well as you said a 3.8 percent increase in house prices in scotland mm-hmm. um if, is it is this a you know is this a lot to do with first time buyers affordability and stuff like that you know is this anything to do with this? I think it is. Yeah, I mean, first time buyers affordability. Your high mortgage rates are affecting first time buyers disproportionately. I think in twenty one twenty two, low mortgage rates made buying a five home cheaper than renting. Mm-hmm. You know that. Yeah. Um, spurring a wave of first time buyers. However, continuing with regional themes with current mortgage rates soaring above five percent. Renting has now become cheaper on some areas, on average, yeah, um, yeah. than buying for a first-time buyer, depending on where you're at. 
Um, certainly if you're in London or the South and parts of the Midlands, even despite high rental growth in recent years, although it's still cheaper to buy and rent, than rent, sorry, buy than rent in yeah, North, and North Wales, and Wales and Scotland. Scotland. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and that's that's I know we still say it's cheaper to rent and and you know to buy than rent in north the north and Wales and Scotland, but what we're not doing there, so everybody understands, it was we're not taking into account maybe the average repair bills on a house because we don't know that figure. So what I could say about first-time buyers and affordability, the difference between renting and a mortgage, is the mortgage is the minimum amount you'll ever pay for a house. The rent is the maximum amount you'll ever pay for a house mm -hmm. because you're not responsible for any of the repairs or improvements. It's all the landlord that's responsible for it completely. So mm -hmm. it's a difference. Whereas the mortgage, you're responsible for all your repairs and improvements for that. So that's why mm -hmm. I say it's the minimum amount you'll pay. Mm -hmm. So you've got to weigh up as a first time buyer um, or as anybody thinking about considering about renting or considering about buying um, is how long are you going to stay in the property? How much is the entry cost and how much is the exit cost in terms of estate agents, solicitors, uh, buying and selling and the process, uh, arranging mortgages and stuff like that, um, compared to entry and exit of a rental, which is, mm -hmm. uh, oh, I just put a deposit down and a first month rent and I'm in, job done. Mm -hmm. And then when I want to leave, 28 days notice, everything's all right, I get my deposit back. I'm Easy access entry. So if you're not staying long term, my advice is always still to really seriously consider renting as the option, um, especially if we've got rent freezes or we've got rent caps. Uh, and mm -hmm. I think the I think you know Scottish government said they're here to stay anyway. So if the rent cap continues and it's only three percent every year, then your only your only commitment is your rent will go up three percent every year more than likely. That's it. Mm -hmm. So if you're on a rental level, which is average rent is round about seven hundred pounds a month. Uh, you're talking about an extra £21 a month. Mm -hmm. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. 3% yeah. sounds 700. I have, to, I have to just quickly calculate that. Yeah, an extra 21 quid a month. Mm -hmm. That's affordable, <laughs> especially if you're renting, isn't it? It what is in comparison to your mortgage rate potentially doubling. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I know. As you, just said earlier, as you said earlier on, your mortgage has gone up by a good few hundred pounds since the start of the year that's a big difference per month yeah it's uh, it's uh, sitting at um got a late statement here 698 pound 63 uh, the interest rate is 6.24 luckily i'm on an offset <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> and i've got enough to offset it so you're but fine. they still take it they still take it but they put it down as the the draw it down as capital so they make you pay it still anyway, even though it's interest that you're meant to be paying. Mm -hmm. But they they convert the interest into capital, and your your term your your capital amount actually reduces. So you're still paying it anyway. So that cash flow is still leaving your bank account. Therefore, if it goes up in, in price, even though you've got this offset mortgage, you're still losing that money every single month, or you're mm -hmm. well, you're investing that money every single month. That's that's the way it works. Yeah, you're right though. So first, coming back to first time buyers and affordability, you know, we, you know, in the north of Scotland and that, what what sort of should we be taking account then of any role that wage growth should should play in this? Probably, we shouldn't we? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, despite the bleak outlook, there's a silver lining, I think, in regards to that. I mean, we've had faster wage growth than ever before, which is making houses more affordable. And you've displayed that about where we are in Fife in particular. Uh, 
you've never heard it so good. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I'll be hitting you for a pay rise at the end of the show. <laughs> no, but you know what I mean. It's like it's like it's it's, it's difficult to say that because most people out there will be going. What do you mean faster wage growth? It's like I've no I've no seen this, and it's you know let's be honest, it's in the it's in the um it's in the civil servant service, it's in the it's in the public sector, isn't it? The yeah. private sector wage growth probably isn't as good, but the but the public sector wage growth is probably far better, and that's offsetting that. For example, things like the average wage rises of eight point two percent over the past year are helping to balance out the effect of the twenty two point five six percent higher mortgage payments on first time buyers. Um, and also, um, household incomes up from uh, 30, uh, household incomes up from thirty one point nine percent, thirty one point nine percent in quarter two, uh, in twenty twenty two to thirty nine point thirty nine percent in quarter two in twenty twenty two, twenty three. So as a result, the gap between house prices and earnings is closing, and affordability is expecting to improve um, by about ten percent over twenty twenty three. So affordability is expecting to improve. Mm -hmm. So, so let's focus on five things. Yeah, because that's what our, that's probably what our viewers want to be talking about and you hearing know, about. What, what we're looking at for five then, you know, what's where are we with that? And, and you, you, you briefly talked about that previously about you know an average about five hundred or mm -hmm. five hundred fifty coming in every single month. So, mm -hmm. have you got sort of precise figures for that or analytics? So, well, in 2021, an average of 545 properties were coming onto the market in Fife in any area per month. Yeah. Um, yeah. I had a look at Zooplard literally just before we came on air, Jim, and as of 2.30 today, it was sitting at 924. Yeah. Um, so, so that's literally, if there's, a, if, there, if there's an average of 545 coming on, um, uh, are we going to talk about how many has actually been sold? Yeah, more than likely, yes. yeah, we are. So yeah, that would be quite interesting to see how much stock that represents it. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that is, for example, if there was if there was nine hundred twenty seven, you're saying currently on the market right now, and and for example, uh, three hundred and nine were the exact amount selling every single month, we would effectively have three months stock in Fife. Yeah. So on average, by the law of averages, it would take ninety days to sell to sell the properties. Mm -hmm. So it would take 90 days to sell a property on average mm -hmm. because it mm -hmm. takes a three-month stock is 309 selling every single month. So the whole lot will be depleted in 90 days. Mm -hmm. um, so that's kind of where it gives us a good benchmark. So it'll be interesting to see where we are now in terms of the average time to sell, uh, the average number of properties on comparison-wise from one year to mm -hmm. the next and also mm -hmm. the average sold as well. Mm -hmm. So well, let's just go over that then. Yes, I mean, in 2021, an average of 545 properties were coming on the market in the Fife area per month, as I said. Whilst the average selling monthly was 572. Okay. So demand clearly outstripping supply. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So, as you say, therefore, there was an average net decrease of 27 properties per yeah. month in the Fife area to buy. Hence the reason why it was going down every month. And we were, at one point in that time, we were down at about 550 properties available across Fife, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. As, as opposed to 927 now, aren't we? Exactly. So, so what that, else that do we was, need to look at? The market was doing well, wasn't it? What about 2022 mm -hmm. then? Well, exactly. So, I mean, that was 2021's numbers. So, it was 545 coming on and 572 selling. So, if we look at 2022, 
things started to change. An average of 607 properties were coming onto the market each month. More coming on. So there was more coming on. And there was an average of 537 properties selling each month. Or oh, less. So, it flipped. so more coming on, less selling. Yeah. So it did flip a bit. And actually, that's what we're seeing a little bit just now, isn't it, in regards to when we look at the Sunday update. Um, there was an increasing supply of properties, the average net increase of 70 properties each month. Per month. But demand... Which would, which would account for 70, um, that increase, uh, seven months, 490 onto the 550 to bring us where we are right now. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that mm -hmm. makes sense. That does make sense, yep. Yeah, it's all kind of slotting yeah. into place, isn't it? Um, and as I say, so the average net increase of 70 properties each month, but demand as in the properties that were selling, um, did not follow suit. Consequently, saleability rates dropped as five homeowners only had an 88.4 chance of selling. Yeah. That's what people don't realise. That's what it is. You know, if, you're, if you've got 607 coming on, you've got uh, 537, then it is an 88.4% chance of selling. Mm -hmm. So we're now into, um, well, we're now into the end of August 2023. Um, there's been a further increase in the new properties coming onto the market. So the average is now 626. Um, so it's actually gone up coming onto the market in the five per, per month. Yet demand has dropped further. Uh, and uh, and there's only an average of 529 now, which is, is, is about eight less uh, been selling per month, meaning that there's an average net increase. So we've gone from 27 more in 2021 every month mm -hmm. to 70 properties um less every single month you know and no let's say it again 27 properties left every single month 70 properties more every single month in 2022 and now we're getting 97 properties extra every single month left mm -hmm. on the market yeah okay consequently saleability rates then have continued to drop even further as five homeowners have had only a 84% probably chance of selling it in the year. Mm -hmm. Why don't we look at a graph? Look, this is the graph here. Here we, here we go. This is it right here. So I put I put a, I a graph together and, and showed it. So the, so the orange line there is the new properties that came onto the market. In other words, the listings. So you can see that there in 2021 versus the number of properties actually sale agreed. So you can see in 2021, the blue line was a lot more significant than the orange line. So in other words, demand outstripping supply. Which is that And then we get the boom, where it went boom. So November, December, it does drop to less transactions, but that, that's how you see these two cyclical amounts. Mm -hmm. um, incidentally, November, December, best time of year to sell. <laughs> <laughs> and you know why it's the best time of year to sell? Because there's nobody selling their house and you've got nobody to compete against. Mm -hmm. That's why you should be selling it in November, December, about now, as 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 it comes down, because this is when everybody goes, oh, properties will not be selling now, will they? And then they don't see, see how see how every <laughs> single year that that new property's coming on the market drops as it goes into December. All oh, properties won't, so I'll just wait till next year. But they wait till next year, and then they go on and compete against everybody else up here. Mm -hmm. That's crazy. Why would you want to compete against everybody else's properties? This is the time to sell coming into autumn and, and winter. It's the mm -hmm. best time to sell. Oh, but my garden will not be in full bloom. Who cares? Your house will still sell. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's the number of people in the market competing against you are more important now. Know the, know the mm -hmm. bloom in the garden. And, mm -hmm. and it's 
Yeah. fluctuations anyway, and it would it would look out of place if you had a if you had a bloom in your garden anyway. Anyway, I digress. So, but we can see clearly here um, where the demand is outstripping supply in 2021, and then it turns a corner in 2022, and then it becomes a bit a lot more significant in 2023, where you can see the blue line and the number of properties actually sale, sold, subject to concluded missives, way lower than the number of properties actually coming to market, and that's the differential between the 27 uh, less um, actually. And, and decreasing every single month, the number of properties available into um, it's 70 properties more every single month in 2022 becoming available into now 97, almost 100 mm-hmm. every single month. Mm-hmm. So, and actually, when you did the last update, we talked about that, didn't we? And I, we said then that a healthy market was around about the 80% point. Yeah. Didn't we? Yeah, well, a healthy market is about 81%. So this is why we're actually quite still a healthy market, if that makes sense. Even though that sounds like, well, wait a minute, 16% of these properties aren't selling. Well, actually, um, 19% of people don't go on to buy a property or actually sell a property in five. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's a general statistic right across the UK. And you scratch your head and go, well, why? Why would they not buy a property? Well, unfortunately, they're no longer here, deceased mm-hmm. estate. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've yeah. also got people actually um, exiting the market. For example, landlords just deciding mm-hmm. to sell up. Um, so they're no longer needing to buy again either. Mm-hmm. And then you've also got as well, you've got maybe two people getting together for the first time out of a house each. They begin to sell their houses, but they only go to buy one house together. Mm-hmm. So that's the 19% in the mix in there. And mm-hmm. it still sustains a healthy market if it's around about the 8 to 1% um, in mm-hmm. terms of where it is. Uh, um, plus the fact as well that uh, some people actually go on to buy new build um, as well, which is because that's a new property getting entered into the market, which mm-hmm. throws these numbers out again and makes it a wee bit more different. Mm-hmm. This then brings me back to then saying, uh, well, I suppose a hope of, uh, I suppose uh, out of this, a hope of proving to you why it is sensible to, to put your property on the market a realistic asking price, especially about, about what we've spoken about the now, uh, from mm-hmm. day one, not be tempted to overcook the initial asking price. Mm-hmm. You only have one chance actually for a property to, to begin a new instruction, uh, being a new instruction, and all the excitement and the focus that it creates from the new instruction that comes on. Now, yeah. Yeah. Now we still only get one chance, but we actually get two, don't we? <laughs> we kind of do. <laughs> <laughs> None of the other agents do that. Do they? <laughs> they only get one chance to do that. We get two chances at that, don't we? Um, so we get two chances at creating a new instruction um, every single time. But you know, if you're listening with us, you'll understand what we mean by that. And if you if you sold us before, you'll understand what we mean by that. If you're another estate agent, we're not going to tell you. <laughs> you might be homing and tuning in the now, so we're not going to tell you exactly how we do that because no one else understands that uh, that that um, process. Um, but it definitely goes then. At, you know, probably at, it's a lot of the times if you only get one chance to do it, if that's the model mm-hmm. that you operate. Yeah. Which is traditionally a normal estate agency model. Um, overvaluing homes is becoming more a concern and 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 trend in Fife as well. As well, often led by a stage more interested in listing. Here it is, listing as many properties as possible rather than making actual sales. Yeah. 
This tends to come across on a volume-led estate agency. Now, I'll be honest, volume-led estate agency are usually really cheap, low fees, but really high volume. And their mentality and how they've been taught, this is their systems that they've been taught, is pile them high, sell them fast. 80% will sell, 20% won't. And it's and I'll be honest, and excuse my French, they're told to say, ah, who gives a shit? Mm. That's that's the mentality. So multiple that, buckets, that, isn't it? That's why most people have probably read my um, pr probably read the actual courier uh, recently in the last month about why I got into this into a agency, and it was actually just really to prove a point and the fact that this could be done far better than what it is now, uh, and a better service-led organisation, but better approach to how to do property sales, mm -hmm. and that's why we talk about getting two bites of the cherry to make that first impression. And mm -hmm. um, so. Such overvaluing, for example, harms homeowners, uh, and also it's also tempting to be un unrealistically high with their prices, um, only to really turn around and have to advise them of price reductions later on. Mm -hmm. The problem is your dream home might have sold by then. So if, yeah. if you're after your dream home, you really need to have come right smart bang down to earth and put your mm -hmm. both feet on the ground and say to yourself, I'm going to have to realign my price or get, get it sorted out or, or, or appropriately. Mm -hmm. And price it in the first place, or or just or just be honest, you know, just be honest where you are right now and say, you know, we need to stay stop, we need to know where we need to go next. Um, yeah. what do I need to do now? Did I say then, um, our customers, for example, one of them, some of them could maybe come to us and go, Well, my house has been in the market for quite a while. Are you saying you've overvalued it? Absolutely not. And um, it's possible at this point in time, due to the price point of your house. And also the uniqueness of your house, maybe in terms of location, mm -hmm. it's possible there's only a finite amount of people actually interested in that house. And they're just not in the market at this particular point in time for that property. Mm -hmm. But the key here is, if you've put yourself under pressure by saying that you've got to be in somewhere else or have an offer on somewhere else accepted by a certain amount of time, well, that's on you. That's mm -hmm. on you. That's not on the stage. And that's not the estate agent's fault. That's mm -hmm. the seller's fault for putting themselves under pressure in the first place. This is what I go back to saying all the time about, about having an open discussion with your estate agent. It's not a competition. You know, mm -hmm. I often, I, I do get sometimes where I walk in and say, so what's your thoughts about the valuation? Oh, that's what you're here for. Yeah, I get that. <laughs> what? Is, is this the price is right or something? It's like, <laughs> have, I, I, have I got to get the magic number that you're thinking about? Now? Come on down, Jim Parker! <laughs> it's true it is it's true i've had this discussion the other day with a client actually so i i put a valuation forward to a client the other day and they said oh all right so we'll start at this number then and it was above the number that i had just quoted and i said <laughs> and i was like hello no <laughs> I said, oh, no. yeah. yeah, he was like, no, no, we'll, we'll put it at that number because that, that's kind of number I feel comfortable starting with. And I said, hang on, let me just explain how this is all going to work. <laughs> and I had to go through the steps again with them and explain to them how this number had been achieved. And I explained exactly what you said there, Jim. This is the realistic market value of your property. If we go at an inflated number, then it will just sit there because the market will know it's inflated. And then it will sit for weeks, I says, and then you'll have a, a problem. We have to get this right because it's this is then, the chance. Then I know what happens there is then then I come back to you and I say, look, you've got to realign your price. 
you asked me to reduce my price. And it's like, well, wait a minute. You actually got the price. <laughs> you you more or less manipulated me into setting the price at that in the first place. Mm -hmm. And now you're telling me it's my fault. Mm -hmm. yep. This is why th This is why I often just say to someone, yeah, it's all right. Go and get someone else to sell your house. There you go. Mm -hmm. um, it's important to have those honest discussions with an agent, though. And I had that honest discussion with the client. And the client actually did then come on board with us because they appreciated that honesty and they felt that that was good advice because it was just their view of what they thought they knew. I think, I think you always have to be honest with a client, uh, regardless mm -hmm. if you're going to um, so-called hurt their feelings or or whatever. You know I'm quite a, sh a straight shooter, uh, yes. shoot from the hip. Um, and uh, I, and I'll just tell it how it is. And if, mm -hmm. if they don't like the information that they hear, and it, it's based on facts and 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 and, and, and proper research and proper information, uh, so it's 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 fully factual. Mm -hmm. And then if, if they don't like it, then it's no skin of manos. You know, that mm -hmm. I'll, get, I'll go and sell someone else's house. You know, yeah. I've only got a fine out amount of hours in the day. I, if I'm if I'm overwhelmed with the amount of people that want to use me, then I'll pick the people that actually understand what I'm doing and yeah. how I, and and what I need to do for them to get them from A to B in the most efficient manner possible. Yeah. Uh, and it's and it's these people that have the complete and utter faith and belief in what we are doing, um, are the people that will actually go on and they trust us to do it. Will go on then to make successful sales and have a successful result and where they're going next. And I think that's the key thing here, isn't it? Because I just, you know, with regards to that, if you say you overpriced it by, say, ten or twenty percent higher yeah. than the actual value, higher than the actual value might be, that that sounds really tempting to a client because they just see this lovely number and they think it's fantastic. How is that possible if you've got home reports to overpriced by twenty, ten or twenty percent? <laughs> well, it shouldn't happen. <laughs> it shouldn't happen. Uh, it does happen, doesn't it? But it does happen. Yes, it does happen. It does but happen. And there's, there's, there's been a couple of times I've said, there's been a couple of times I've said to surveyor, no, it's that price. And they've gone, no, no, it's a lot more. And I've gone, okay, I'll just I'll go with that now. And then it's ended up it was my I was right in the first place. Mm -hmm. and so it's really I, I, I get that completely how how uh, how it could be overvalued. Um, it and I, and I see it in other ones as well, where it, where you, you kind of look at it and you think, nah, it's overvalued. That's been sitting for a while, um, and, and you just know that. Uh, however, you can get overvalued as well when there's not another property which is just as similar to theirs. A comparable, yeah, yeah. So, if you don't have a comparable, it can be tricky. Yeah, countryside properties, coastline properties, um, Victorian. Victorian properties, mm -hmm. they're all uh, conversion, barn conversions and stuff like that. They're all ones that are one-offs, mm -hmm. unique ones, uh, and it's very difficult to value. Therefore, the surveyor does an err on the side of a wee bit more optimism. And the mm -hmm. reason for that is because if you if you undervalue it, you're just doing the you're doing the seller a complete injustice, aren't you? Mm -hmm. um, you do, but there is mechanisms once, once you get the home report, you can't go up. And it makes more difficult for the actual buyer to actually be able to buy it. And it's maybe their dream home. Yeah. But there is that element of it. And actually, interestingly enough, one of the things that we looked at as well, that which they did some research. And what they've said is that it, overpriced properties linger on the market and eventually suffer less than those priced correctly from the start. Yeah. That's mm -hmm. their findings. Well, additionally, um, a wee tongue-in-cheek thing. Additionally, uh, some estates actually incentivise their staff to list properties rather than sell them. Uh, they where don't. we don't. They yeah, don't. Yeah, they do. 
they do. They get they get bonuses. They're 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 on a they're on a commission every single month, so they're on a real base salary. Um, I'll be honest, it's more more likely corporates, um, big brand names. They're on a real low base salary, and and their only um, their only extra commission that they can make, their on track record on track salary, um, is is based on the number of properties they actually bring onto the market. Mm. Um, and and that's it. That's all their. That's all it's based on for them. So if they base on, and then what happens is that it goes to the other people, and their salary and the process is based on the number of properties they actually sell. So every, you know, so this person's based on the number he brings on or she brings on. This person's uh, uh, salary is extra salary, or, or to be honest, another extra salary. I'm trying to get away with the cheapest possible uh, to pay the person. Um, but that's political, by the way. Uh, so so uh, that is based on th- them selling the property. So one's based on listen, one's based on selling. So that's where they're incentivized for selling, um, or, or or and and they so they want to exacerbate the issue. Um, mm-hmm. to, to get that. And as, as the freight property market stabilizes, then um, we've got to say then really set it's, it, setting a realistic um, asking price is crucial for attracting a serious buyer um, mm-hmm. and achieving a timely sale as well. Yeah, which is what they want because I know we've talked about, you know, go now, go, go in three months, go in six months, but actually people sell because the circumstances dictate that. So anybody bringing the house to the market they're, they've got a pressure point of why they're having to do this. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Time means everything so, to them. So where are we with them with the future of the housing market in Fife, for example? Well, <laughs> that's an interesting one, isn't it? I mean, the immediate future doesn't hold much promise, according to all the dramatics that we hear sometimes um, for yeah. price growth in Fife, nor is it expected to fall dramatically either. And, mm-hmm. you know, we've talked about that in many of our previous articles, Jim, haven't we? How actually yeah. the stability is what we want. And it's all about the transactions. You don't want to see this flux up, down, up, down. Nice and stable is how it works. This is where the factors like the ageing population, more flexible work arrangements, a strong labour market, which is key here. I mean, the, mm-hmm. the, the unemployment records are out and it's sitting at 4.3%. They're going, oh, it's moved up unemployment. It's like, get a grip. Unemployment's been at its low level still since God knows when. Um, yeah. The record low levels. So these are all things that are actually uh, keeping the market going. So uh, high immigration rates are still there. You know, the high immigration rates could stir market activity for, and, and it could keep it going for the next few years. Mortgage rates are also expected to fall below 5% later this year. Yeah. And although the impact may only be felt, I think, in the first half of 2024, mm-hmm. UK housing market, well, I think we've we demonstrated that at the beginning, just all the variance, didn't we, in regards to what's growing and what's not growing, and what's improving on price and what's decreasing. Well, okay, then. So the UK housing market is navigating through turbulent wars with high mortgage rates and a severe slowdown in house price growth. However, the emerging trend of faster wage growth. That could be a game changer, mm. making housing more affordable in the long term. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm feeling really optimistic. <laughs> and so we should. Uh, furthermore, anticipated drops in mortgage rates and social demographic changes are expected to drive market activity in the coming years. Uh, 
all eyes will really be on how thing these multiple forces will shape the UK housing market in the foreseeable future, I suppose. Mm -hmm. uh, what about buyers and sellers then? I think the key thing is that buyers and sellers can make more informed decisions by understanding the trends that we're talking about, isn't it? And the potential future mm. shifts that they might have. Because it's all very well, we all do it, don't we? We sit at night, we watch Sky News or other news channels. And you see yeah. the headlines, but you don't necessarily get the meat on the bones. The market might be now in some areas, and homeowners need to be realistic with the pricing. We've talked about that. But the mm -hmm. indicators suggest that we might be heading towards a more balanced and accessible market in the coming years. Yeah, I would think so, yeah. I wonder what everybody else thinks out there as well. You know, feel free to actually chip in, make some comment. I know you're maybe watching on Rerun or something like that, or you might be listening to the podcast. I'd, I'd love to hear other people's thoughts on where they think, uh, maybe the national market, the Scottish market, and the and the Fife uh, property market, or or if you're in a different region like Glasgow or, or Renfrewshire or Aberdeenshire or the Highlands and Islands or Perth or Dundee or anything like that, if you're in any one of these regions as well and tuning in, uh, I'm interested to see how you think yourself, how you think your property market will go mm. on on, a, on in the next couple of years. Um, there's 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 profits of doom and gloom out there, but I suppose there is all the time. Eh? You always yeah. get it. Maybe you get it. In whatever. The, in the boom, where folk were saying it's going to be a crash. Wait a minute. <laughs> like everybody's fighting it for going and they're paying money hand over fist, and we're still not in a crash yet. So mm -hmm. so we're three years down the road, and where what happened to this? I suppose at some point, if you keep saying it to yourself, at some point, well, you might be right. And then you go, I told you. <laughs> They're just waiting for that day. <laughs> I, but they can't really, because I've got to know every single person that said that and when they've said it. So when they go, I told you, I'll go, well, actually, you started in 2017 in February and said that from then. And you've now passed it and we're now on something like 2025. <laughs> Don't tell me, 2025 possibly 2025 2026 could have an, could have an effect on this uh, later on uh, 2025 2026 the reason for this as i'm saying is because that's when the epcs will start to kick in the requirements mm -hmm. for private landlords um mm -hmm. to have a minimum uh, requirement of uh, every new letting uh, uh, epc rating a uh, c or above in scotland and um, mm -hmm. as it peters out for uh, in 2028 every single existing private rented property will have to have an EPC rating in 2028 onwards of C as well, uh, which might actually affect the market. Because remember, that's over about 300,000 properties in Scotland mm -hmm. uh, in terms of where the market is right now. And if we're sitting saying to ourselves, year to date nationally, um, we're sitting at, um, sold 750,000, and that's nationally, then 300,000 is quite a lot of property at the same point in time when people actually think to themselves oh, maybe I should just exit the market yeah it's another 50% isn't it yeah and, and that's that that's a concern so changing legislation changing demographics changing um changing interest rates changing unemployment rates uh, changing inflation rates um implications or factors outside our control like wars in Ukraine um, like, for example, um, the um, uh, price negotiations between inter-border uh, inter transactions between Europe and between Britain and between the world and between Britain because of the Brexit situation is still going on. So, um, China as well. China is actually um, taking a wee dip. How they're still thinking about how China... Thinking about it. Eh? By the time you've thought about it and worked out exactly what's going to happen with China, it's probably happened. 
but you, and you can't you can't do anything about it. You know that that's economics for you. You know what? Mm -hmm. By the time you've actually acted on trying to curb inflation, you're too late because inflation's off. It's like you you're going to take ages to try and slow it down, which is yeah, what's happening right now. Yeah. Uh, and so we'll we'll find it towards the end of the year. It'll be quite interesting to to know, or or, or in the next uh, probably the next week actually the next week coming. I think it's next week coming, but maybe this week. Is it tomorrow? Interest rates, base rates. Let me just check my calendar. I usually keep a wee uh, note of this. Uh, house price index is out in September the 20th, and it's usually round about then when we get to know about base rates, um, about whether they're increasing or decreasing or staying the same. But it'll be interesting mm -hmm. to see what happens with that. And well, uh, that is in a week's time. And, and, and this could this could literally just throw this all out the water. <laughs> and we'll do another show. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do exactly the same show, and we'll just talk about different things again. <laughs> anyway, thanks very much for joining me, Perry. Um, You're I really appreciate your time and effort and your input into this. Uh, very uh, full and thorough. Thank you. And Thank thanks you, everybody Peter. for tuning in and uh, making your comments. And uh, until next time, guys. Bye-bye for now. Take care. Take care.